lift a hand and just say, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. His mercy is enduring forever for you and to you and through you. We believe that this morning. He surely is a way maker. Where do you need him to make a way in your life? What seems like it's stopped and stuck and unproductive and not working? Is it in a relationship? Is it in your physical body? Is it healing? Is it financially? He is, and he has a way to make a way in every situation. It's not just a song to sing that rhymes and it kind of gets your foot tapping. It's the reality of who Jesus Christ is and wants to be in your and my life. So come on, before we go any further, jumping into the Word in a second, we've heard some great worship by the team. Hopefully you have been singing along and been a participant, not just a spectator. I know it's different. We're not in church and we're home and it's, it's a little bit different, almost like watching a TV show, but, but you really need to engage. This isn't a time to pull back and let somebody else praise for you because you can only praise and shout your own walls down. He wants to make a way, but you've got to lift your voice. You've got to pray. You've got to, you've got to press. That's, that's what you need to do right now. And, and so I want to encourage you, just join with me in prayer. I'm going to pray with my eyes open, looking in right at you. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. And surely, Father, your presence is in this place and you're right there in our homes and we're with you wherever we go, and you're with us wherever we go because you are now residing on the inside of us. I pray for every single person in transition and trouble and tension. I pray that, Father, you would make a way for them this morning. Those needing healing, right, right, right now, if you're needing healing in your physical body, come on, <laughs> just, just, just lay hands on your body, just touch your body. In Jesus' name, I release and speak healing to your life physically, emotional healing mentally. I speak peace to every storm in your life, your children's lives, your teenagers, every young adult that's struggling right now concerning what's going on in the workplace or what's going on in their education. We speak peace to your storm. Christ is making a way for you because he changes not. His mercies are new every morning. Great's his faithfulness. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He knows no end. He's been in your past and he's been to your future. And so right now, in the middle of chaos or confusion or the crisis, the pandemic, as Kimberly said a moment ago, how about you rest and you let him be who he said he would be in your life. Your savior, your healer, your peace, your shepherd, your leader, your guide, your comforter. That's who he is and that's the way he will make alive in you this morning. Can you agree with that and just say amen? Come on, give up some emojis, some clap, some claps, some fist pumps for our praise and worship team. They're killing it every single week. You should be in the room with us. We hope that happens soon. But man, oh man, until we see your face, 
keep shouting and singing with the band while they're doing their thing. Glad you're with us again this morning. We are on a series of lessons. We've been going for several weeks. I just can't seem to get un unplugged from this. Our, our title is called Finding Strength in the Struggle. Come on, just say that, chat that one more time, put it in the comment section. Finding Strength in the struggle. We're going to continue again this morning. We believe that the Word of God is working powerfully and mightily in your, in your life. I'm encouraged. I, I, I've been trying to kind of go a different direction, but man, I keep getting kind of stuck in this because I believe evidently God's got something more for us to hear, not only this week, but next week. Uh, we'll, we'll go two more weeks for sure. I'm not promising you we're going to quit because I got something else burning in me. Maybe we'll, we'll do a little a tag on at, at the end of that week as well. Uh, but I want to give you just one scripture as we jump into where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about five quick points. So get a piece of paper, get your phone out if you're watching on computer or on TV. Write some things down because I don't know how you think and how you figure everything out, but I, I, I got to write stuff down because if I don't write stuff down, it's in and it's gone. And so we want to encourage you to write things down so you remember them during the week. And I encourage you that this would be part of your regular Bible study time, that you'd revisit the scriptures week in and week out. In James 5, 13, James was a, 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 one of the original uh, disciples, and, and he writes, he was really the, the, the pastor of the first church in Jerusalem, and he writes his own book, it's toward the end of the Bible, and he's got five chapters, and he starts off writing to these 12 tribes that had been dispersed. In other words, uh, there was persecution and there was trouble, and they went to different parts of the, uh, of the region and, and had house churches, and so James is writing to these leaders and these people where this letter would actually be dispersed and read to them. And he says something really interesting in James 5 verse 13. Let me give you just part of it. Here's what he says. Are any of you suffering hardships? Then he says these three words. You should pray. Come on, put that in the comment section. You should pray. Uh, if we're going to find strength in the struggle, one of the things we're going to have to continually do is we're going to have to find time to pray. He tells us here, are you suffering hardships? Are you going through difficulties? Are you going through a test, a trial, a struggle, a difficulty? Is, is the pressure mounting? He says, I've got a remedy for you when you're going through this struggle. You should pray. James, in the first chapter, we, we, we talked about this uh, many months ago at church here in the physical location. Uh, James says something very interesting, probably familiar to a lot of you Bible people. He says something in, in, in chapter 1, uh, writing, of course, to these same people. And he says, count it all joy when you fall into various tests or challenges or temptations. He says this, uh, because you're, 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 th th this, this trial, this test is, is producing patience. And let patience have its perfect work. Because you come out of it perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So James starts the, the, the first of his letter, and he starts, the, and then he concludes the end of his letter with two things, I believe, that we'll, we'll talk about and we'll interweave just a little bit through the message today. But if you don't hear anything, if the kids are running around and there's fruit loops on the ground and, and you're trying to chase the dog and do laundry, stop right now for just a second and just maybe think about these two things. James starts the letter and says, you need to count it all joy when you're going through trouble. And he ends the letter saying, are you suffering hardship? You should pray. Two ingredients, spiritual ingredients that you need to do and I need to do 
in every struggle, in every test, in every trial, in every affliction, in every adversity, anything that comes against me in tension and trouble and transition, I need to and you need to count it all joy. Rejoice. Have time to celebrate. Have time to honor God. Have time to worship God because he's working things around you and in you when you do that. And he says, you need to pray. You need to form and fashion a prayer to God in the middle of your struggle. I think we always look to something different. I think we look to TV. I think we look to the media. I think we look to Facebook. I think so many, what's happening right now, we're hearing and reading that, that alcohol sales are skyrocketing. Uh, drug sales are skyrocketing. Addiction is skyrocketing. Mental sickness and, and, and suicides are, are, are increasing in this pandemic because the struggle's real. Uh, the, the pandemic is real. It's not fake, they're, 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 but... The fear is what is really real and motivating people to do different things and believe different things. So you this morning, mom, dad, student, you need to count it all joy and you need to know how to pray. The Apostle Paul was probably one of the most persecuted people in the New Testament. We'll talk about a guy in the Old Testament in just a minute. But this brother wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was a persecutor of the church. You can read his story in Acts chapter 8 and 9. And he had a dramatic a conversion experience and began, a follow, began to be a follower of Jesus and be, then began to be a, a preacher of Christ and, and really pioneered churches all throughout uh, 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 Rome and, and and Corinth and all that, you know, uh, Ephesus and down the modern-day Turkey area. Phenomenal, phenomenal influence. And we're still reading about what he wrote a couple thousand years later. Thank God that we have the Bible to be able to instruct us. But the brother was preaching one time in an area, in a city, and they didn't like what he was saying. And the Bible says that the, the, the people rose up, a mob rose up and stoned him, stoned him with stones, stoned him with rocks. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I've been hit with BB guns. Me and my brothers had BB guns growing up, and we would shoot each other with BB guns. But, but nobody ever started really like hauling rocks at you to kill you. They did this to Paul, and they, 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 they stoned him dead. So much so, they thought he was dead, they drug him out of the city. Listen, I'm not talking about putting him on a blanket and kind of like pulling your kids around the house on a little fake makeshift sled. They drugged the brother probably by his feet as his head was bouncing up all across the stones or all across the dirt, whatever it was. They drug him out of the city, left him for dead. The Bible says that, that, that some of his friends evidently were watching what was going on, and, and they gathered around him. Evidently, the believers gathered around him after the mob left, and the brother got back up. The brother was resurrected. He, he was, they thought he was dead. But I, I believe, the scripture doesn't say, but I believe... His friends got around and they were praying and they were believing God and, and the brother got back up. But it's interesting. <laughs> this dude is just an unusual character. If I got stoned in Chula Vista, let me tell you something. I ain't coming back to Chula Vista. I'm going to L.A. I'm going to San Francisco. I don't know. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to the desert. I'm not coming back here. Not this brother. He got stoned in the city and he went back to the city. He went back. And he got the believers together, and here's what he tells them in Acts 14.22. He says this, He encouraged them to continue in the faith 
reminding them. <laughs> he encourages them to continue in the faith. Reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. I wish it didn't say that in the Bible. I wish it said when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, and I did, and, and I surrendered my life to him, that everything now is going to be great. No problems, no stress, no devil. Come on, no COVID-19. Everything's great. We're on an upward trajectory towards heaven, and I believe spiritually we are. But we're dealing with the here and the now in this fallen world system, and there's suffering, and there's hardship, and there's tests, and there's trials, and there's afflictions, and there's things that trouble us in all kinds of ways. So again, what I want to do is I want to pull back the curtain today, again, with suffering. I want to pull back the curtain. I want to get down in the, in the basement of your in my life. I want, to get, I want to go up to the attic, to those, to those dark areas, if you will, of our life to say, and let's talk about suffering. Because it's a biblical word. It's something we don't need to run from. It's something we don't need to shy away from. But we've already found the remedy. So, so if you check out again and you're making Lego or, or Ego, your Lego or whatever you're doing at home this morning, whatever, if, wherever you're at, if you'll do those two things, if you'll just count it all joy and you'll rejoice in God that, that now the testing of your faith is working patience in you. And, and if you'll turn your affection toward God in prayer, your situation will turn. I don't know if your circumstance will completely change. God will completely reverse the situation or circumstance, but I know this, he's going to be with you in the middle of it. He's going to get you to the other side because that's just what he does. Write some things down today. I think they're going to help you. Number one, suffering is exhausting. Can you just say that? Suffering is exhausting. It just sucks the life out of you, mentally drained, worn out emotionally. It then affects you and I physically. We know that, that, that the, the, the stress and the strain that people goes, go through, maybe you're in that right now, it just starts working physically in your body. It works mentally. You don't think great. You don't sleep good. Your diet changes. You're, you're hungry or you're not so hungry. You put on weight. You lose weight. All those things are, are, are things that you're suffering you're stressed out, you're going through a difficult time. What we know is that from the scriptures we've talked about many, many times already in this series is that God, I don't believe, our, our theology really leads us to believe that God's not the cause of our suffering, but God will always use the suffering. Suffering, come on, it's painful, it's difficult, it's arduous, it's stressful. It, it, it's, nobody gets up in the morning say, saying, I hope today is a day of pain. <laughs> I hope today is a day of suffering. Nobody does that. But we know that God's going to be with us in the middle of it all. But it is exhausting. Exhausting. We talked last week about a guy, mentioned him, I want to read a scripture uh, in the Old Testament, we, we said this, there's a guy named Job, and he's probably the, one, the most persecuted man in the Bible, I believe. Paul, I said a moment ago in the New Testament, if, if, if this guy isn't all over the Bible, he definitely is the most persecuted guy in the Old Testament, a guy named Job. And Job, Job, in just a matter of days, and we don't exactly know how long it was, all of a sudden, uh, the raiders came and, and, and they stole all of his animals, they stole all his camels, they stole all his livestock. 
a whirlwind came and, and fell on the house that his kids were. He lost his kids and the raiders came and killed all his servants. In a matter of days, Job lost everything that he had, all the possessions that he had, except his wife. There, there she is, and she starts talking to this brother. And how many know in the middle of suffering, in the middle of pain, you need a friend, you don't need a foe. Come on, somebody. If somebody's down, you don't want to kick a brother or a sister when they're down. But I'm telling you, Job had a wife, and she was, she was a piece of work. Check it out what it says here in Job chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. His wife said to him, after all this drama, after all this suffering's gone on, and she says, are you still holding on to your faith? What a question. Are you still holding on to your faith? Why don't you just curse God and die, she says. Job answered, come on, how many of you know you got to like a man that'll talk back to his wife? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Job answered and said, you should be like one of the fools on a street corner. How can we accept all the good things from God gives us and not accept the problems? So even after all that happened to Job, he did not sin. He did not accuse God of doing anything wrong. Read that again. Look at that again. He did not accuse God of doing anything wrong. Job's wife says to him, are you still holding on to your faith? In the middle of all the suffering, in the middle of all the stuff that's gone on, you lost your kids, you lost your wealth, you lost all your servants, you were the wealthiest man in the East, now you got nothing, brother. Why don't you just curse God and die? God is the problem of all your suffering. Job didn't believe that, and I hope you don't believe that too. There is an unseen force going behind everything that is seen right now. The pandemic, even though we could point to if it was in Wuhan or it was in a market or it was in a, a lab, wherever it came from, there is an unseen force, Ephesians 6 tells us, principalities and powers and wicked rulers and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms that are manipulating and trying to control man into fear, and worry and drive them away from God to believing lies and mistruths that will keep them in bondage. So my question to you, as we've talked about that suffering is exhausting, dealing with everything that you're dealing with, it is exhausting, but how is your faith? Are you actively pursuing God? Are you still hungry for God? Are you reading the word? Are you, are, are you pressing in or is the pressure causing you to move away from the foundation of the scriptures? How's your faith? Are you still holding on or is your grip relaxed and is it loosening? How's your faith? How's your faith? Second thing I see from Scripture is that suffering, really, we could say is multifaceted. It's multifaceted. It wears on your spirit, your soul, and your body. Different ways, different, different times, and it's just, it's coming at different seasons, different parts, and even now, maybe where, where you were high, and then you're low, and then you're in, and then you're out, and you're, and you're with it, and then you're without it, and, and it's just multifaceted. 
It's interesting, again, this man we talked about, the Apostle Paul, says a great, great scripture. If you don't know it, mark it down. I pray you get it in you. I'm going to try to drill it in you this morning. From 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Again, this brother has been persecuted. Everywhere he went, there was either a riot or a revival. Everywhere he went, people hated him really for, the, 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 the religious people hated him for drawing people to Christ away from the Jewish faith, if you will. And Paul says this, he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I think about this, that really suffering isn't really kind of what we would say one size fits all. It, it's multifaceted. It's hit, hitting us from different angles. And it's the suffering maybe financially, the suffering physically, the suffering for isolation, the suffering maybe that you can't see family, the suffering you can't travel, you can't go out, the suffering of, of being just quarantined. And, and, and it's wears in different ways and different facets on a lot of us. And, and we're not just talking about this concerning this pandemic because suffering is just part of our life experience. And so we need to understand what the Scripture says, that there will be more suffering that you and I go through in this life experience. Uh, many that are alive right now, of course, almost everybody now, went through the housing crisis where so many people lost their home and lost their job, and, and yet many are still here. That crisis came and that crisis left. And there's all kinds of wars and rumors of wars and everything that, we've, that we're dealing with in this life. And yet, you're still here. But the suffering is real and it's multifaceted. And so, Paul tells us that. I love what he says. He says this. Check out the words. He says, we were pressed. We were perplexed. We were hunted down. We were knocked down. Again, this is what he says. He's not saying that it's not real. This is real. The suffering was real. We were pressed. We were squished. We were squashed. We were stepped on. He says we were perplexed. Didn't exactly know what we were going to do. And listen, that's okay. That's okay for a minute. That's okay for a quick season. But listen, you can't stay there. Perplexed. He says we were hunted down. We were, we were knocked down. But again, listen church, he doesn't stay there. Because he adds something that they did that God did in them in the middle of this suffering. He goes on and he says, we're not crushed. Come on, chat that, put that, comment that. Not crushed. Not crushed. He says, not driven to despair. To despair, throwing up your hands. What's the use? What am I going to do? What can I do? Not driven to despair. Nothing's working. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my old life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to smoking and drinking. I'm going to go back to snorting and popping and shooting. I'm going to go back to, to, to the porn channel. No, not driven to despair. He says never abandoned by God. Never abandoned by God. Not destroyed. The suffering's real. Sometimes the perplexity is real. The pain is very real. But you have to move past that into the promises that God outlines in His Word. Suffering's multifaceted. 
Suffering, I see also, needs to happen in community. Needs to happen. Suffering needs to happen in community. What's that mean, Gary? I believe that you need to have a strong faith community around you many times to get through a season of suffering, a time of suffering. We right now are in isolation here in California. Other states are opening up. I saw a brother today on, on, on IG, and he was at a Cheddar's restaurant, come on, eating some, eating some chicken and having some fun in another state. And I was like, Jesus, we up in here quarantined eating ham and cheese at the house. But come on, somebody, we're going to be out of quarantine in a little while. But, but listen to me, suffering needs to happen in community. In other words, if you are feeling it, suffering, you need to have people around you that can help you go through it. We believe strongly in this church there should be no solo suffering. No one stays alone going through anything. And if you are going through it, if you are hurting, if you are feeling isolated, if you are feeling alone, if you are feeling stressed and you're under the pressure, you're under the perplexity, you feel abandoned, what I'm asking you to do is phone a friend, text a friend. You got nobody, call the office. We'll reach out to you. We want you to know that we love you and God's going to be with you while we get through this. Can somebody in the bedroom or in the living room shout, yes, Lord. Come on. I love this scripture in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Paul writes to this church of Galatians. He's writing it to me and you, and he says this. Carry each other's burdens and this is the way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Phenomenal scripture. Just keep it up there, team, will you? Uh, this is the way you fulfill the law of Christ. Here's how you, here's how, it's not just your, your love for God, it's just you and him, and just your worshiping him, and you're serving him, and you tithe. Thank God you're tithing and giving offerings, and, and thank God you're reaching out, helping people. You know, but, but it's not just, it's just not you and him. It's you reaching out to somebody else. Here's how you fulfill the law of Christ. Carry. Somebody else's burdens. Somebody else's burdens. Show compassion. Show mercy. <laughs> bring help. Bring aid. Bring support to the person that is going through it. This is how we suffer in community. When I'm weak, I've got to have enough courage. I've got, to, I, I, I've got to have enough humility to reach out to somebody and say, hey, pray for me. I'm going through some stuff. Would you pray for me? And not feel judged or not feel condemned or not feel, you, why are you asking for prayer? Listen, that, that should not be in any of our thinking or minds right now or ever. We all need someone at some time to carry and help us carry our burdens. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. He's a strengthener. He's a standby. He's going to help you and me individually. But there is just sometimes we need somebody with skin on. Suffering needs to happen in community. I love the story in John chapter 11. It's a story of Lazarus. Lazarus was a, was a a follower of Jesus, he and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, loved Jesus. They lived in a place called Bethany. And when you read the scripture, Jesus hung out there quite frequently. 
He loved them, loved being around with them, and, and spent the night, I'm sure, several times at their place. Well, well the, the scripture says that, that Lazarus was sick, and, and Mary uh, sent out a telegram, somehow got a hold of Jesus, and Jesus, come and come on, pray for, pray for my brother. Man, he's in a bad spot. We don't know what's going on with him, but Jesus doesn't come immediately. And that might freak some people out. And that, that's this thing about this patience, and that's this thing about this waiting, that's this thing about Mary going through some suffering, asking God to help my brother, and you're not coming now. Why? Why am I going through this? I can't imagine the questions. How many times have you been in my house, Jesus? How, how many tacos and, and burritos, and come on, how many quesadillas did I make you? <laughs> and where are you at? I, all I, you're not too far away. How come you're not here now? And maybe you're praying that. And maybe you're crying out. But what I know about Christ is Jesus is never late. God the Father is never late. He's always on time. So evidently, God is working something in Mary and in Martha and all for the glory of God. The scripture actually says that. This was to be done for the glory of God. Lazarus dies four days after the initial conversation. Jesus shows up. And Jesus comes to the tomb where Lazarus is and says, roll that stone away. It had been sealed up. <laughs> and they roll the stone away and Jesus gives this earth-shattering declaration. Lazarus, come forth. We don't exactly know how the brother came forth, uh, but he was bound with, uh, you know, with, with the burial clothes that they had at the time, uh, and he was already embalmed, and, and we don't know if the brother walked out. I don't know if the brother flew out. I don't know how he came out, but he came out of that death position into a life position, standing up, breathing, totally restored, totally healed, totally functioning, but he had been embalmed and he had been uh, clothed with all those grave clothes. And even though Jesus says, come forth, <laughs> Jesus looks into the brothers around and says, now y'all loose him and let him go. It's really interesting. I always think about this, this community that Jesus had around him and Lazarus needed around him. Even though Jesus said, come forth, and he did come forth, he was still bound with stuff from his past. The community around him was responsible to carry his burden and to loose him and to let him go. It's not either or, both and. It's not all God and not all you. It's all of us, us in Christ, us in Jesus, working together and carrying one another's burden. Suffering needs to happen in community. Are you in a small group? Have you got some friends? Do, do they know what's really going on in your life? Can you reach out to somebody? And, and you that are strong, you, you, that are, you that are well, you that are whole, you that are mature, you that are, are not suffering, uh, are you reaching out to other people? Are you texting? Are you phoning? Are you FaceTiming? Are you Zooming on somebody? Are you DMing somebody and letting them know I'm here for you? Hit me up. Let me know. I, I, may, I just got you on my heart. I'm doing that all the time, and I believe you are too. Let's be a community that holds one another up, and we come through this stronger, not weaker. I believe a couple more things. You're listening good this morning. I believe suffering 
trains us. What do you mean trains us? I believe that during this time, when we look back, because listen to me, 2020 will be a year you look back for the rest of your life. You will not forget the year 2020. I believe it can be a time that we say that this, this suffering really trained me. It, really, it was really doing something in me. I believe it can. I believe you can find your true north. I believe you can find your identity. I, can, I believe you can find your purpose right now in this crazy, crazy season if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to work something in you and then work something through you. One more time. Work something in you, but then also work something through you. What, what do you mean? Let me read you a scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He, God, consoles us as we endure the pain and hardship of life so that we may draw from his comfort and share it with others in their own struggles. What a powerful scripture the Apostle Paul writes and he tells us again, we're enduring pain and we're enduring hardship, but we're going to draw comfort from God. And the comfort we draw from God, we are going to be able to help other people while they are in their struggle. Somebody said this, it wasn't me. <laughs> Somebody a whole lot smarter is that God never wastes any pain. I believe the pain can be turned into a godly purpose. Again, God's not the author of pain, but God will use everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, that's happened to you and in your life right now for his glory. I believe that the the, 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 the suffering and the, adver the, the, the adversarial thing that's happening right now in your life or my life and the economy and the world and health and all kinds of things, fear. I believe God can use this hardship so that now when we come out of it and even in this season, we can console and we can bless and we can comfort somebody else that's going through the very same thing that we have gone through at one time. Somebody said this, is that your real ministry in the world will come from the message that you have. In other words, your life message will come from the ministry that you've been in. And the ministry, I'm not talking about the good stuff. I'm talking about the pain. I'm talking about the struggle. I'm talking about the heartaches that you endure, that we all go through, that God says, I want to take that. I want to shape that. I want to form that. And I want to give your life a voice, a voice right now in the pain in the challenge, in the difficulty, where it's going to be able to minister to somebody else that's going through it. Every person that has been wounded in any way, the wound now can become a banner of healing for somebody else that has been wounded in that way. You do not have to stay wounded. You do not have to stay crushed and broken down and perplexed because during this season... In this time of suffering, you can understand that God wants to train you, and he wants to teach you, and he wants to speak to you, and heal you, and deliver you, so that from this place, your voice has a message of redemption and salvation and victory that's going to help somebody else. Aaron, help me. Lastly, I, I've been saying this for the last several weeks because, again, I don't know if I'm getting older. I know I'm getting older, but I got a lot more, I got a, a lot more life left, I should say. But I'm just thinking, I've been thinking about heaven a lot lately. 
Just thinking about, you know, what's going on and heaven's maybe nearer than we think. And, you know, people don't think about heaven too much and when everything's going good. But when things are troubling, maybe it's on your mind a little bit more. Well, heaven's kind of been on my mind. I'm kind of reading different scriptures and I'm, I'm seeing things maybe a little different light. But really, just lastly, this morning, suffering just points to a better future. Suffering just points to a better future just a better future for you and me. In other words, it's not just about now. It's about then. It's about what's coming next. And like, you know, my terminology, this isn't the big dance, guys. <laughs> this life and everything we see, I'm enjoy, I enjoy life. I believe scripture's real clear for me in, in 1 Peter 3 that he, he, God wants you to enjoy life and see good days and man, I, I, come on, with your family, we're taking vacations and eating and enjoying life and having fun and, and exercising in the beach and that, that's part of life, that's, that's awesome. But, but there's also this side that this isn't everything there is. And if we're not careful, we just get wrapped up into entertainment and fun and me and I can't wait for the trip because I'm in quarantine. I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm just saying, just a second. Take your eyes off of everything here and let our eyes be drawn to a real place called heaven. And if you're going through suffering, I think it's a little easier to maybe lift your eyes above this horizon and lift it towards that horizon. The Apostle Paul says this, we view our slight short-lived troubles. I, I love it. Look, just study those words. <laughs> we, we, we view our slight short-lived troubles. The, this, uh, the problems right now, the suffering right now, it's just short-lived. We're viewing that in light of eternity. I'm looking at this <laughs> in light of that. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comprehension. I mean, look at these words. I'm viewing my difficulties as the substance that's producing something beyond all comparison. What perspective? Because he says we don't focus our attention on what's seen but the unseen. What's seen is temporary. What's unseen realm is eternal. There's a realm beyond this realm. It's a realm in heaven. It's where God says, I want you to spend your life, your eternal life with me. What we do here matters for eternity. The suffering, how you can navigate what you're going through with a spirit of faith, with hope, confidence, and that you would stop the madness of the craze of media and drawing you into fear and worry and uncertainty and anxiety. And that you'd rest and say, yes, the suffering's real. Yes, the pandemic. Yes, the, the, the job loss. Yes. This has happened. Yes, the kids are here. Whatever it is, we're not denying that. But in the middle of it all, we lift our eyes above and say, God, what are you working 
in me that can never be taken away. Use this time wisely because you're never going to have it again. Every day, His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Every day is a new day. Every day is a new beginning. But don't miss the power of today. Over and over, the writer of Hebrews says, today is the day of salvation. And I believe it's for you. Salvation in every area of your life. That even though maybe the suffering hasn't stopped completely, the suffering and the lies and the strategies of the enemy in your mind, they can stop. Because today is a day of salvation. We started the message a moment ago, maybe longer than a moment ago. Thanks for hanging out. But two things you need to do. Are you suffering hardship? Then you need to pray. And he says, count it all joy in James 1. When you're going through any tests, challenges, or adversities, knowing the testing of your faith, it's working patience. Let patience have its perfect work, and you'll be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, lacking nothing, rested, assured, a heart, a soul assured in their salvation. Pray this week. Control your environment. Put on some praise and worship music at the house. Come on, get, come on, get it going. Get Alexa talking worship to you. <laughs> come on, get, get your Spotify, get your playlist going in the car if you're there. And control your environment. Control it. And pray at all times, in all seasons. Because he's hearing you. You might not see it, even as we sang that song, The Waymaker. He's working in an unseen realm that will show up in a seen realm. That's what he does. He works in a place you can't see and brings it into a place in the realm where you can see. But you rejoice and you praise God like it's done right now. All week long, two things. Count it all joy and rejoice. Pray about everything. Take those thoughts, take those worries, take those fears and shape them and form them in a prayer to God. He's going to hear you. He's going to hear you. He hears you every single time you pray. He's not far away. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's here right now. He's right there in your home. He's right there while you're viewing this. He wants to be Lord in your life, in every area of your life. Come on, would you join me in prayer this morning? And at the conclusion, we're going to give you an opportunity to make a life-altering decision, making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you've never prayed that prayer, we're not talking about you joining this church. We're not talking about you have a Bible at home. We're not talking about you've come to church before. Or you've got a cross around your neck. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're alone and you're lost and you're in the world without Christ. The Bible says you, just like me, before I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I was in darkness trying to find my way. He doesn't want you to go through life like that anymore. If you're suffering, you need a Savior, and His name is Jesus. 
I'm going to pray with my eyes open. I'm going to pray a prayer for everybody going through anything. Then at the conclusion, I'm going to ask you to pray with me, making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. We believe there's a heaven to behold and a hell to shun. And it starts today by you acknowledging Jesus as your Lord. So, Father, I pray for every single person that's watching this broadcast today. I pray, Lord God, that no matter what they're going through, the suffering they're going through, every teenager, college student, single mom, single dad, married couple, retired, that nothing's too great for you, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change. If you ever delivered anybody, you'll deliver them. If you ever healed anybody, you've healed them. If you've ever removed the pain of suffering and changed the way they think about their current situation, you'll do it for them today. I pray for all of us. I pray for every person watching that during this season, their mind will be renewed to how much you love them. As Paul said, never abandoned by God. Never. Never. Right there this morning, if you're away from God, maybe you're like me. I was raised in church all my life, and I ran away from God. I was, I was a Sunday morning dude that showed up every Sunday. But my, 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 my heart was far away from the Lord. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. God wants you to come back. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Today's your day to end the shame, to end the guilt, and let him come into your life. I'm asking you to say a prayer after me. It's a simple prayer to say.